interrupted. I feel like Steph is beyond a sh- the greatest shooter. I right. feel like he the GOAT, period. Right. That's oh, how I feel. Right. Now, Christian, oh, relax. What was the name? <laughs> I, I, I need to know what the name of that cognac was now because it seemed like it's working. What's up, what's up, and welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and I am back here with my guys, Christian Winfield, Lethal Shooter. Guys, we are back, Finally. baby. We back! How you feeling? We back! <laughs> we back! I've been waiting like- for this moment. <laughs> I feel I like Jordan when he, I feel like Jordan when he hit the when he sent the facts. Right. I'm back. Right. I ain't gonna lie. I'm so I miss happy you guys. to see you. I miss you guys. Hey, listen, man. man. Lethal, I've been we, seeing you on social media every other day. You post. You get into the bag, brother. Man. I'm trying Lethal to be like. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you guys listen. too. Ash Jack got her TV show out right now on Sports Illustrated. That's sick. Chris Fact. laces out. Yes. Chris getting votes. Laces out premieres yes. today. Yes. Actually, yes. this is Wednesday. Yes. So when we okay, when this Ash? comes out. First guest is Bam out of bio. It's amazing. Very excited. Yes. Look at all this. So make sure you guys check it out. It's on lo- all over my social right. media. It's going to be right. really incredible. I'm so yeah. proud of this feature. The one thing yes. we can say, yeah, so inspirational. the one thing we can say about Certified Buck is we aren't content. We're always going to continue to work hard, and you guys inspire me for sure. So keep up the great work. Fact. Right. And listen, guys, we got a lot to get into this show. Yeah. It's been a while yeah. since we've done this. And we got E40 joining us oh, wow. later in the show. Wow. Shout oh, out to yeah. the gay area. Let's get it. Legend. Oh, what is that? The, you, know what the <laughs> you better hit your Google schmoogles before he gets on this show. I'm going to tell you that much. Uh-huh. Um, but before we get into everything, we want to thank you guys so, so much for supporting the show. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. And don't forget to get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. Why? Because we're too cool for that. We're on mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter. Interact with us and you might just hear your comments on the next show. All right, guys. So there's no more time to waste. There's a lot to get into. So let's get into the last three on five before we hit the postseason. Wow. All right, y'all. Check ball. It's time for us to go three on five. All right, guys. So it turns out this year's MVP race is coming down to three big men. We got Embiid, we got Jokic, and we got Giannis. Mm. Now, Christian, you mm. have a vote wow. for this award big time. in Amazing. addition to so many other ones. Congratulations. So we are all so proud of you. Gang, gang. But how will you rank these three players when it comes time to vote? Now, before you answer that, let me just give you some numbers. We have Jokic averaging 26 points per game, 13 rebounds per game, um, and he's shooting 58% from the field. Joel Embiid has 30 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, and he's averaging 49% from the field. And lastly, the Greek freak mm. is averaging 30 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, and he's shooting 55% from the field. Wow. Knowing those numbers, how are you ranking these guys? It's so tough. It's 1A, 1B, 1C. Mm. And this is the hardest vote out of all of them, right? Because, you know, coach of the year, I, I, I don't think, if, I, and people are going different directions. I, I think I'm going Taylor Jenkins because I'm just a fan of doing more with less and what he's been able to do with those Grizzlies. I mean, incredible job there, but you can go I mean, so many different. I did tell you guys, but you that's did. a different you conversation. Did. You did. There's so many, there's different awards that you can hand out that are, that are easy to kind of pinpoint. 
this one is just difficult because, yes, it comes down to these three, but... I mean, for the longest this season, I thought I was going to end up going with Joel Embiid just because of the job he's done mm. in Philly. Mm. But then you look at this stress that the Jokers had. I mean, you look at who's not available for him and you look at the numbers he's posting and the Nuggets still fighting at the top of the West. And then you look at the tear Giannis has been on. It's like, I don't know which one. I'm glad that the deadline isn't until April 11th. I have another six, what's to I have another seven, six days to figure out who I'm going to vote for, I'm torn. I don't know which one of these guys, for, for a while, When I as soon as I figured out I was getting votes, I was leaning towards Embiid. And, and that's not to say Embiid has dropped off at all. It's just Giannis and Jokic have taken, have ratcheted their game up so high. I I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you guys on a later episode who I end up voting for, but right now it's really a three-way tie. I don't know which way well, to go. Well, another, another piece of information for you and Lethal, I don't know if this makes or breaks something for you. Yeah. I mean, Jokic is top 10 in three major categories and he's eighth in assists. Now, that's absolutely, I mean, for a lot of people, I remember when Jokic won the MVP award last season, a lot of people were like, oh, did he deserve it? He was probably the most hated MVP I think we've (laughs) seen in a long time. It was like such a debate on whether or not he was the MVP. If you ever doubted his MVP status, you cannot doubt it this season. That man is playing out of his mind and he's doing it as a big man. The era of the old school big men that our parents used to talk about is over. These guys are hybrids and they're dangerous. It's tough, right? Because you also, in these in these votes, you have to consider team record, which is why, you know, yeah. there's a case to be made that maybe you hmm. make Devin Booker. Yeah. Maybe you somebody, maybe why isn't I would he not get, be surprised. Why, why is his name not ringing no bells? He's, he's... It's, it's interesting. You know, he's not on my list. And that's because, you know, when I think MVP, I think of dominance, right? It's one of it's the reason why I can't vote for John Moran for MVP because the Grizzlies are, God knows what, 20 and 2 when he doesn't right. Don't play. Don't bring up the Grizzlies because you, be... you know what. No, no, no. But, that's, but I'm right just now. saying, that's. That, that's why I can't. But that's, no, but that's. I think that's my re- rationale for not being able to vote for a guy like John Moran, right, right? Right. Because the Grizzlies are just a, a well-oiled machine, and right. he just takes it to another level. It's interesting about that regular season record because that's always been the argument. How many times was that argument or that justification? you know, used against Dame. Like, he's playing great basketball, but the Portland Trailblazers aren't winning. And then it seemed like last season that narrative started to switch a little bit because Steph Curry with the Warriors at the time, I think they were ninth. He was playing out of his mind and everyone was like, Steph for MVP. So it seems like the narrative of regular season team record mattering is starting to dwindle down a little bit. I don't think that's as much of a factor as for some people, right. at least, as it used to be and as it, as it has been, which honestly, if it's MVP, which is the most valuable player, right. yes, I feel like you can't be a 12th seed, right. but at the end of the day, it's still an individual award. It's not a team award. So what does team record have to do with it? Right. Listen, know? if we're if that's the case, then my vote will go to Kevin Durant because the Nets oh, are right. one. The Nets look like listen. The Shocker. Nets look like one team when he's not when he's on the floor, right. and when he's hurt, they lose eleven. You have straight. a good point. You, KD you feel has me? Like, been carrying the Nets. KD is that guy. I watched KD when when the team went into the health and safety protocols. Right. I watched him and four rookies beat Joel Embiid right. and the Sixers. Right. I'm like, yo, that man. But he hasn't played enough games. He, he got played, hurt. But if he played right, enough so, games, he'd definitely be MVP. Man, right. it's that, that just goes to show you how there's about five or six different players that you could end up including in this conversation. Yeah. But the top well, three I, I, are the I ones that we mentioned. Guys, we, we spoke about does team record matter, but I also want to ask you this because I feel like 
MVP and a lot of these awards are kind of determined before the All-Star break. I think after the All-Star break, yeah, you have people who kind of, you know, rise in the ladder and you have some other names that may come in the mix because they caught their second wind, if you will, after the All-Star break. But I feel like it doesn't move the needle enough to actually give them the award when you look at the spectrum of the season as a whole. How do you guys feel about that? I think DeMar DeRozan was in the conversation before the All-Star break and now we don't hear about him because the Bulls have been kind of a mess. But um, Joel Embiid, yeah, the Joel Embiid is still being as dominant, and the Sixers are still up there. So it's Giannis is having a great second half Giannis of the is season. Breaking out in the yes. second half, but is it's, it enough to override someone like Jokic and Embiid who have been doing it all season long? That's my question. Yeah, it's and, it's tough. and it's location too. You, which you, yeah. which we all agree with before some of these locations where they're at, they're not getting pushed as much. And a great example is the Lakers. Like they're they're below five hundred with fifteen with you know by fifteen games, and they're still getting more airtime and more conversations on certain people podcasts and that's what we are complaining about if 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 any of these three players were doing this in a high major market they'll instantly win MVP but it's like they're in markets that all do respect they're not in big crazy markets that people are saying they should demand the MVP right now if you're if you're a gambler and you like to run some money right. Jokic is the heavy favorite Devin Booker is actually fourth but it's a distant right. fourth right. Yeah. when we talk about the other guys but before we move on to topic number 2 Another factor of MVP is teammates or lack thereof. Jokic obviously is missing two major guys with him in Denver, which is just another level of impressiveness to the season that he's having because he's doing it without two guys that make this team drastically better. Is that kind of an unfair um, factor to weigh, though? You're almost getting penalize in the MVP conversation if you're on a really healthy team? I don't think that's fair because when you look back at like Michael Jordan and all those guys, they had really good teams, which I understand. Like, it's not like they were on sorry teams. So the times that MJ and them were in MVP races, just like John Stockton and different people, they had good teams. I don't think they should be penalized. I just think the person should have a level of consistency all through the season. And a great example is what Chris just said, all due respect to DeMar DeRozan, they're a great team, but they just had a fall off. And and if you want to be a part of the MVP race, you got to show even when your team's having a bad day, you can carry your team. And that's a great example mm. of what N- Nikola, Joel, and Giannis, and even D Booker's doing without Chris Paul. And I'm one of those people that when Chris Paul went down, I'm like, all right, the Suns are going to probably lose a I few. I was too. Yeah, but D Book, D Book showed us that he's matured now. He showed us that he can carry a team. And I feel like, you know, these are the type of players that deserve MVP. And I agree with you, Ash. Like, I don't, I think if a player is on a good team, and I heard you say that, Chris, well, you know, Memphis is a well machine, but, you know, Ja is just added. No, Ja is the machine. Ja makes that team have their swag, what Ashley was talking about um, a few weeks ago. You know, that team, all due respect to those guys, because I helped the Memphis Grizzlies as well. But that team, if Ashley can correct me, because she's better with that than me, they wouldn't have that swag if Ja wasn't there. You know oh, what I mean? Sure he not. gives them he, he gives yeah. them that confidence. And even when he's not playing, Chris, when I've been there, they can look at him and see him standing up going crazy. That makes you jump higher. That makes you play defense harder. That makes you stay with your follow through. That makes you have confidence uh, as, as, a, as a scorer, as a defender. And I feel like that's MVP status as well. And I feel like Josh should mm. be up there as well because all the hate that he was getting, he's just this, he's just that. And look at Memphis Grizzlies now. Yes, he's not playing, but they have that type of stature because he is there supporting them and they know they have an MVP as a teammate. It's almost like, yes, the Grizzlies are a good team without John Morant. 
but they're a great team with them. Right. And I think it's almost this weird kind of conundrum that we find ourselves in when we talk about, you know, what an MVP is. Right. Why do you get penalized as the most valuable player on a good team because your team can survive without you for a certain amount of time. Uh, That's what you hope as an MVP, that you can go ahead and maybe rest a couple of games. Or if you do get injured, you're not going to drastically free fall through the fallings, but that the, the standings rather. But that does not mean if John Morant is not on the Grizzlies in any capacity, that this team can go the distance. They need John yes. Morant. They can survive without him for a certain amount of time. But that doesn't mean they can survive without him forever. Right. You, you know, and that's kind of where I push back on it a little bit, right? Because if you take Joel Embiid off the Sixers for 20 games, oh my God. I don't think they're going 18 and 2. Right. We saw what happened to the Nets when Kevin Durant went down. They went from first to eighth, right. and now they're 10th. You take Jokic off that Nuggets team, they draft in second overall right. in next year's draft, especially with the guys that they don't have. Well, Jokic is also missing, they're missing two other key players. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. So that wouldn't those be guys. a fair I'm saying including those oh, guys. Okay, but, got it. But with this Grizzlies team, you you take away their best player and they're still 18 and 2. So, yes, I understand what you guys are saying, but I think it all boils down to value. To me, value is wins without that player. Right. And I think that if you take some guys off their team, you know, that's it, just the way it goes. But there's arguments to be made in every direction. I right. get it. I just that's know for right. me, for me, what matters is, you know, in a way, and this is why this it's it's tough to choose between Jokic and Embiid and right. Giannis. It's Who's had to do more with less? Right. Right. Mm. In a way that I, I have to weigh that as well. That's well, that's also what you got to do for coach of the year. Right. Well, speaking of Joel Embiid, that brings us to topic number two. And there was a short honeymoon period right after the Sixers <laughs> traded for James Harden, oh, where it man. seemed like the rest of the league was in trouble. Man. Joel Embiid got the help that he needed <laughs> and he was desperately pying for. Right. But recently with Harden's subpar play and head-scratching comments from Doc Rivers during the post-game press conferences and just the overall lack of depth on the roster, it feels like the Sixers potentially, maybe, are having some buyer's remorse after this trade. I don't know. Lethal, do you think the Sixers will regret this trade in the long run? I can see Christian's mouth watering <laughs> on this Zoom call as we do this. Well, you know, I have to agree with Chris because I remember Chris was saying when this happened, you know, it's going to be the same story. You were saying, Chris, you know, everybody's excited in the beginning and then as it goes on um, with times, you know, it's, they start showing their true colors. And as a trainer, you know, I, I'm blessed to help a few guys on the team. And when I watch this system, all due respect to James, all due respect to Joel, they're they're not getting their players involved as, like you were saying months ago, why Memphis was going to be good. Because they do a good job of involving every single teammate. I think the 76ers don't do a good job of keeping everybody in flow. You know, I feel like sometimes they try to depend on um, two guys so much that the other guys, which are elite players, which we all know, like the Sixers have a loaded squad. But the thing is, yeah. the system that they're in, uh, it's just a lot of dribbling going on. The same thing that we said, uh, Chris and Ash, when when he was on the Nets. We love him. He's a great player, but the ball was just sitting too long. And I feel like, I promise you, if somebody switched the system around James Harden and tell him, hey, you know, we know you're a great scorer, but if you can score within these small rims of times, if you can attack, if you can run the... If somebody gets a rebound, instead of going back to get the rebound, we want you to sprint down the floor. Instead of just staying in one spot when Joel is uh doing his thing, move around, move with some sense of urgency, dive on the ground a few times. Uh, I can't compare him to Ja because Ja is younger ass, but... 
the one thing that we all love about the superstar that we were saying, that they have a Morse energy. I'm not saying James Harden doesn't have a Morse energy, but I feel like mm-hmm. it's not the energy that's needed to win a championship. If they want to win a championship, right. James Harden has to take his level of energy from 10 to 50. And I feel like the way that they're playing right now, all due respect to James, all due to 76ers, is not going to cut it if they're looking to win a championship. Well, it's interesting, and Christian, I see your mouth watering, so give me one second. <laughs> Do your thing, Ash. I'm just... It's interesting because Harden and Embiid from the beginning oh, looked like they had great chemistry. They were chemistry. posting each other. It looked like, yeah. it looked like this was the bromance yeah. that should have happened a very long time ago, right. and they're finally reunited, and all things are perfect. Now, Harden's not playing t- Terrible. I mean, if we look at, you know, what he's averaging, it's 22 points, 9.8 assists, 7.7 rebounds. He's shooting 40% from the field, 33% from the three. The Sixers are 12 and 6 with him, 4 and 4 in the last eight games. So it's not drastically terrible. It's not drastically impressive. It's just mediocre. I got to call Nets fans out Uh-oh. on some hypocrisy real quick, Uh-oh. though, okay? Uh-oh. Because when James Harden got to Brooklyn, it was scary hours this. It was. Scary it was. hours that. It was. And, oh, we going to win the chip. Right. We going to run it. And no one's going to be able to see us. Now that James Harden is in Philly, right. and all of a sudden, it's like the ex. That's like, I told you he wasn't anything. No, wait, hold on. Real quick, real quick. I told you he wasn't this. this. I told you he wasn't that. that. started? Well, y'all weren't saying that when he was put, when he had a Brooklyn jersey on. Now, all of a sudden, he's in point, Philly. Chris. No, 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 no listen, listen. Don't do she that. Got a that, point, started, that started around, around the lead up to when he got traded, right? So if you go back to, let's call it January, around the time when Kevin Durant got hurt. Right. Right. And now you have more of the offense going on James Harden's shoulders, right. especially because Kyrie is still part-time at that time. Right. Right. And now you're starting to see a lot of the flaws that he has because a lot of those flaws last season were covered up by him playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. He's got two other people that he can get the ball to that can carry an offense. Once you start to see the ball go through him, possession over possession, over possession, over possession, you start to see the same thing over and over right. again. You start to see him dribbling the ball down to 20, down 20 seconds and then through the sidestep three. Or Agreed. you see him dribble the ball down to three seconds and then ditch it to somebody in the corner who's not ready Ag- to shoot. Agreed. You start so, it to... wasn't, so it wasn't scary hours. It was imagination hours is what I'm getting at, That's right? unfortunate, yeah. Just, it was. just go, it go was, ahead and make sure because ain't nobody was scared. It was scary <laughs> on paper. And it, it, so it were the Lakers never, for that matter. It never yeah. turned into a nightmare. And, and the craziest part is they still came just a... a Foot size short of going to the third round, which then meant they might have gone well, to the finals excuses, and beat the Suns. You no, know, you're like, right, but it's that's the past, bro. You know what I mean? It is. Yeah, you, we'll never know what what could have happened if they stayed together. But now we know what's going to happen in before, Philly, man. Before we move so on to Ben Simmons, Lethal, I want to ask you this: Doc Rivers is rumored to be a candidate for the soon-to-be vacant Lakers head coaching position. What do you make of that? Do you think he could fix all the issues in L.A.? We saw what happened with the Clippers. We saw what happened in Boston. We're seeing what's happening in Philly. Can he kind of change the narrative in L.A.? Or is it just, listen, stay clear? I think he should stay clear and stay smart. You know, uh, the, you know what comes with the Lakers. All due respect to that organization. You know, if he goes in and things don't work out, he's gone. I feel like with the Sixers, he's building a good subpar tradition right now that he can continue to lay down the foundation if I was the Lakers, I would try to bring in like a dominant coach that that's not afraid to talk to the players. Um, that's that's gonna demand from the players, and I think a good person for that type of job, if he wanted to take a job, be somebody like Mark Jackson. I think Mark Jackson 
can come in with the type of attitude to get those guys going with the type of um, assistant coaches we know with like Phil Handy and different guys that can that could come in and demand uh, from the players. But if I was Doc, I would I would probably stay away from that for sure. I wanted Mark Jackson in New York, but apparently he doesn't like the East Coast. But that's oh, a different wow. conversation. <laughs> can Doc can Doc go from winning the championship in Boston to then going to the Lakers? Is that like is he allowed to do that? There should be some type of clause in his contract that says <laughs> right. cannot, I feel cannot like coach the Lakers. Like, yeah. Man, you know, Clippers is one that. thing, Lakers is something different. But we hey. shall see. But we're going to move on to topic number three, because on the flip side of that Harden deal, you had Ben Simmons and he was shipped off to Brooklyn to join Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and the rest of the Brooklyn Nets. Unfortunately, if you're a Nets fan, you have yet to see your prize acquisition step on the court. Now, Simmons has officially been ruled out for the play in. But Christian, given what you know about what's going on with his rehab, his injury, is there any chance if Brooklyn advances that we get a Ben Simmons sighting? I, I think the the Nets' best hope of of Ben Simmons playing this season is if they get out of the first round. Mm. Um, but they mm. need to make the second round because you gotta understand this man is not even running right now. Yeah, you know, he was in practice yesterday shooting. Like, I can't even call them jump shots. He was shooting set shots. He was doing form work shots. with his bands. Yeah, yeah form shots. Yeah. He was doing shooting form shots. I posted the video. Y'all saw what that looked like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He had the he had the band. He was doing band work. But he's just now getting back on the court because he had a herniated disc. You know, that hurt him. He got an epidural that helped the pain in his back. But he's still not. He's barely jumping. He's barely running. And yeah. the play-in is next Tuesday, right? So if the play-in is next Tuesday, playoffs start right, right. after that. He's not going to be back the first round. I think the Nets have to make the second round of the playoffs for him for that to happen. So you're telling me they're going to beat the number one seed in the first round without him? That's tough. I mean, let me ask you this, though, because it, it's it's been a very weird journey with this Ben Simmons injury, right? I mean, yeah. in the beginning, it kind of went from day to day. It went from week to week. It went from month to month. It went from ruled out of the regular season. It went to ruled out of the play-in. It seemed somebody who should be progressing was just continually regressing this season. And it's kind of concerning, especially considering someone who hasn't played basketball in a very long time. You've had ample opportunity to go ahead and rehab and kind of get that situation under control to where you could at least function, maybe just not day to day, but just enough so to kind of help the, push exactly, this team over the edge. What happened? Like, yeah. how is he not even remotely close, so ready true. to play? It's unfortunate. So he had a nerve impingement in his lower back in February of 2020 that he's been battling. Um, and then he comes to Brooklyn after not playing the entire season, even though he told us he was working out on his own. And mm. in the quote-unquote ramp-up, he hurt his back and suffered a herniated disc. He had an MRI that showed that he herniated disc while trying to ramp up, which is get in game shape. And now that's what set him back. So that happened in the middle of March. Then he got his his uh, his epidural. And it, it just sucks because the the Nets are a team that, and I hate to say this, they're not very forthcoming with no. information, right? Especially no. when it comes to injury, right? Joe Harris got hurt on November 14th. They told us on November 29th that he was going to get an ankle surgery. He had a setback. And then they didn't tell us until after the trade deadline that he's going to get a second surgery. You think back to last season, James Harden had that hamstring injury and then he's ramping up to get back on the court. And then he has a setback. And, and it's just it, it's just a thing that happens in, in in Brooklyn. I don't know if that's like the performance staff or who that falls on. Right. But whoever it falls on, the Nets have not really been forthcoming. And that's the sentiment with a lot of Nets fans is Nets fans don't believe a lot of things that the Nets are telling them because 
the next Steve Nash would say one thing. Yeah. And Steve Nash told us James Harden wasn't going anywhere. And then he came out and got traded hours well, later. Well, I could have told you that. Whenever I get that. Yeah, said, we understand Russell that. Russell Wilson like, said he wasn't leaving Seattle. Right. Where is he Where is he now? Right. Denver. Right. Like, don't don't believe the hype. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Public enemy. Exactly. Don't believe the hype. So, like, so the, right. the Nets don't have very much goodwill in terms of what they say to their fan base right now. And especially as it pertains to injuries, because every time they say something with a player, it just appears like the goalpost continues to move. And that's what yeah. you see happening right now with Ben Simmons. Before we move on from the Nets' disappointment to the Lakers' disappointment, one final question. Can the Nets win the East Ooh. without a member of their new-founded Big Three? I'll let Chris do um, that one. Yes. Be honest, Christian. Be Chris, oh, come Chris, on. Chris, come on, man. Come on, Chris. Chris, man, you be killing me, bro. This is why I have a completely sensible right. reason why I think they could right. win. All right. I think they could win because they are going to play the number one seed, right? And if you can Maybe. beat that... Maybe. There's a few yeah. games left. Yeah, you I, don't I, know. I think, I, I think they're going to end up the eighth seed and they're going to have to play number one. I think if you can beat number one, you can win the East. And I think if you've got KD, Kyrie, Seth Curry, healthy, Andre Drummond, and... Bruce Brown, uh, I think you can find a way to make it work if you can win that. If you can win that first round series, I think you should have all the confidence in the world. If you if you can't win, then that's it. It's going to boil down. If they can win the first round, they can win it all. If they can't, it's over. Okay. That's not a that's not a Well, problem. if I had wings, I could fly. Right, like right, what right, I don't right. understand. That's can they I, win the East without Ben Simmons? Yes. That's why I said yes. So you're yeah, saying yes. Okay. Lethal, give me let me hear your take real quick. Uh, and then, I hate when we do this without you going first, because I kinda want to hear her answer because I just feed all her already know. Like, you already know my answer is no. So I didn't say they will win. I said they can win. Oh, wait, whoa. My answer's no. See, I didn't like his they answer. He said they won't win and they can't win. You have to you have to give a hard answer, Chris. No, I don't. The answer was Ken Day, my answer was yes. He's sidestepping. Oh, he sidestepping. I'm gonna say no. Only because that's too much load on Kevin and Kyrie right now. Man, it's just it's just too much load on them to try to get through that whole playoff series. And then I, I just don't think they can do that on their own. But I think if they had one more piece, I think I think they can do some things because they're they're unstoppable. Moving on to topic number four, a team that is stoppable, the Los Angeles Lakers, because it is safe to say <laughs> yeah. there has been no bigger disappointment this year yeah. than the Lakers. Yeah. And just when we thought Lakers fans couldn't be more bummed out about the season, Magic Johnson had this to say on ESPN's Get Up. Because the Rosen wanted to play for the Lakers. And when I got the call from his agent, I called the Lakers, said, hey, he wants to come home, and DeRozan could have been a Laker instead of a Bull. We could have made that deal. But when Russell and LeBron and them started talking, that's when they nixed that deal and went with Westbrook, and he became a Laker instead of DeRozan. And I think with DeRozan, and then you got a, you had a chance to keep the role players, Caruso, KCP, all those guys who are our best defenders, mm -hmm. see, they left. And that's why we were a bad defensive team. But if you sign DeRozan, you only trade Kuzma for Buddy Hill, we would be playing in the Western Conference Championship this year with those two guys. So one thing Magic Johnson will always have is smoke for the Los Angeles Lakers. But Facts. giving you the cliff notes of that soundbite, that was Magic basically explaining to Greeny that the Lakers could have had DeMar DeRozan, but instead opted for Russell Westbrook. I think a lot of us kind of pieced this together. Lethal, let's just put a bow, or maybe not a bow, because bows are for gifts, on the Lakers <laughs> season and just never talk about them again for the rest of the year, okay? 
What moves do the Lakers have to make in the offseason in order to return to the glory days? Oh, oh, oh. We, we skip it straight to the offseason. R.I.P. Lakers. We, we go, we go fast to see forward it. here. You really we hate to see forward. it. Hey, Lethal, you took the Lakers too. I got a, I sold my Lakers stock. You held I on to that it. joint. Now, yeah, gonna, you kept it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you some additional pieces of info to go ahead and, and give you some moments to okay. you know percolate on right, that a little ahead. bit, okay? The Lakers are 75 and 33 when AD and LeBron both play. It is rumored that head coach Frank Vogel will be out at the end of the season. I think we kind of anticipated that. And LeBron is officially or was officially ruled out of the Phoenix Suns game, which a lot of people were upset about considering the Lakers season is on the line. And people are wondering, listen, you can't come back for those last two games and try to, you know, pad the Kareem stat if you're not going to go ahead and play in that game. So knowing all of that information, what moves do they have to make? Oh, man. Maybe not even first. Maybe not even. Hold on. Maybe not even. Maybe not even a particular player, but maybe a particular type of player. Yeah, they need energetic youth. Like, I feel like all due respect to the youth that they have, they're not the... And I hate going back to this team because you said this in the beginning and we laughed at you, but I feel like how Memphis is moving, how their youth move, I don't feel like the Lakers' youth move with that type of intensity. I feel like, mm. I feel like, of course, LeBron can move the way he wants when he wants. AD should be able to move. But I feel like the core, they don't, they're not flying around. I feel like we need to find people that's hard-nosed basketball players at least two hard-nosed defenders, at least one guy that's all due respect, like a tough guy. Like, his job is to bring that toughness to the team. Not saying they're not tough now, but they don't have that guy where it's like, uh, you know, like, they, like that just protects LeBron and protects AD. And prote- like a pit bull. Like a pit bull. Like, like, a, like, Russ- like a PJ Tucker right, or right. like a like, 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 like Russ tries to be the, the tough guy, but it's like, bro, focus on playing basketball. We need somebody else to be the tough guy for them. And I feel like Frank Go- Frank Vogel's a, a great coach. Like, I, I love him as a coach. But, you know, it just seems like the, the, that chemistry isn't um, the same anymore. So if I was to change, change the coach, I would definitely be looking for a fiery coach, not a coach that's, like, sitting and chilling. I think they need, like, a fiery coach. Like, a um, uh, what's a good example of a coach that's just, like, he's just – like just going at their players, like like Tibbs. They need Tibbs. Well, Tip, right, let's do this. Hey, you saw Coach Spo slam that clipboard on the floor. He's yeah, not, he's not scared of no Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's a great example. See, I feel like a coach like that, where it's like oh, they need Ty Lue. Yeah, mm. they need also. They bad. also need a new Dallas mm, 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 on their squad. That's not bad. Every that's now not and bad. Then. You know, LeBron and them are vets, but they they're playing right now. They need somebody on that bench as well, where it's like all due respect to Dwight and all those guys, but like. Where a guy that the players can look at and they like, oh shit, I fucked up. Like I gotta go, I gotta look this guy in the eyes. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like that's all they're missing because their team is good. It's just all due respect. It just seems like the accountability level isn't very, very high. Like I don't see guys I saw LeBron dive into the stands the other day, but I don't see guys just they're so tired that like how the North Carolina players yesterday, they were so tired the guys like they were about to pass out. They had to call timeouts because guys like they were having heart problems. You know what I mean? I just don't feel like they're going hard enough. <laughs> You know what I mean? Man, let me tell you something, man. And this is why it's so difficult to fix the Lakers right now. It's because Russell Westbrook's price tag is so high while his stock is so low. He's making $47 million next year. He's got a player option. You know he's taking that. You know he's picking that player option up. So the Lakers are going to have to trade him. And you just look at all these teams. There's even like, let's just say, even if the 
Pistons had players that the Lakers wanted, why would you put Russell Westbrook on the Pistons when he's taking the ball out of Cade Cunningham's hands, right? So you can't send him to certain teams because that's subtraction by addition in a way. So you've got to look at teams like the Magic. You've got to look at teams like the Pacers. you got to look at teams like, I don't even know if you want to send them back to Houston, maybe OKC, but who are you going to get? That's where you're at right now if you're the Lakers. If you're, It's almost, it's not to the same level of how Julius Randle fell off this year, but it's almost like that, where if you're trading Julius Randle, you know you're not getting market value on his $108 million deal. You're not getting a Russell Westbrook caliber player in return, and that's why I think it's so difficult. Unless you're going to hit up the Pacers like, yo, we'll trade you Russell Westbrook for Buddy Hill. Maybe that, maybe they'll do that, so you can free up some more cap space, but it, it's tough so you, to die. So you're saying them. let Russ go. No, they got. They have to trade him for pennies on the dollar. But when you do that, what are you going to get back? Like if you trade, say you so trade to Orlando, you trade Russ, right? That's what I think. You have to. You got to. You got to do that. Number one, it doesn't make sense. I didn't think it made sense just from the stylistic play. You've got LeBron who needs the ball in his hands. You needed somebody else who's a perimeter player who doesn't need the ball in their hands to be effective, like a Buddy Heald, like a Kyrie. Kyrie can play that second off score because he doesn't need to be initiating the offense all the time. That's why it worked next to LeBron. You know, and now those players that you want. No one's going to give you that for Russell Westbrook at $47 million a, a year. So it's tough. Maybe you send him to Orlando for what? Terrence Ross oh, and Gary man. Harris? Yeah. Right? Maybe yeah. that works. Something like that. But that's what you're getting now? Like, it's tough, I think, man. I think, obviously, it's the easiest to blame Russ because he's been playing the worst. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of things that go have gone wrong for this Lakers team right. in one way, shape, or form. Anthony Davis sustaining multiple injuries, right. keeping him out. LeBron had a window of time where he was out. Carmelo's been very up and down. You know, yes, Russell Westbrook hasn't been playing the best, but he isn't a different player all of a sudden that he got to L.A. He's always been this type of player. He needs to be in a certain situation in order for you to see that less from him. I think this just goes back to what we constantly say, that era of just throwing a bunch of superstars together on a team and them automatically, you know, running the table does not work anymore. Teams have gotten better. Teams have gotten deeper. And they don't need a team, a, a starting five of all, all-stars to be that. I think the Lakers thought, you know, let's get a bunch of Hall of Fame guys together. Doesn't matter the age. Doesn't matter, you know, logistics, how it works. Got a bunch of my homies on a squad. We're all going to the Hall of Fame. This is going to be easy money. It's never easy money. You can't cheat the game of basketball. And you especially can't cheat the game of basketball in the year 2022. It doesn't work. It's not going to happen. And it's just about, you know, going back yeah. to the drawing table. Start from and scratch. drawing board, rather, and figuring out, all right, what can we do yeah. to make this team a legit contender? Yep. It, it, it goes back to what you said earlier in, in one of our earlier episodes, Ash. These young cats don't care anymore. Nah. And we saw that happen when Luka was playing against LeBron, the Lakers, and he just found the switch to LeBron every single every time. Every play. Had, had that man in a cage. Mm. Had LeBron out there looking like he was, I don't know who the worst defender in NBA history was, but that's what he was looking like trying to guard Luka. And that's what it is now. These these young stars don't care no more. They mm-hmm. coming for your food mm-hmm. and they eating your food. Yeah. And plus you got Russ out here missing open jump shots off the side of the backboard. Yeah. You can't keep doing that. We're going to round out our three on five with topic number five. And we're going to switch things up a little bit and do a mini edition of Get At Me. We posted on our social media account at Certified Buckets the following fill in the blank. At the beginning of the season, I would have never imagined blank. Mm. Y'all came through with some dope answers, so I'm going to read a couple of them. RJ Black, Hippie Gal said, James Harden on the Sixers. Simple. 
And D. Johns 84 chimed in saying the Timberwolves would be a legitimate threat. Don't sleep on the cat and ant show. All very solid answers, but now I want the team to go ahead and do this fill in the blank, all right? So Christian, you go first. Fill in this blank. At the beginning of the season, I would have never imagined... That the Nets and the Knicks would be two seeds apart from each other. The Mm. Nets are 10th and the Knicks are, what, 12th right now? I don't think anybody saw that coming. But this is what happens when, and I said this earlier, this is what happens when Kevin Durant goes down. This is what happens when you've got a part-time Kyrie Irving. This is what happens when you invest in James Harden. This is what happens when you got Steve Nash coaching. This is what happens when you build a roster that don't make sense from the jump. I could could keep going, man. That's my... That's we can why, feel that's your pain, I never man. Would we can feel your pain. Man. It's tough. I wanted to cover championship basketball this yeah. year, man. I'm about to be at the it's crib. It's all right, man. <laughs> Next year. Go ahead and fill in that blank, Lethal. I'll, I'll say the Lakers potentially not making the playoffs. Like, I would never have imagined. You, you saw how I was fighting in the beginning, Ash. Like, I was like, you were like, come on, make a decision. And I'm like, you know what? I, I got them making it. And then it's just, it's, it's making me look bad. It's making me look like a bad trainer right now. But it's, it's not looking good right now. Hmm. <laughs> Well, for me, I'll say never would I have imagined that the Knicks would be out of playoff contention altogether. It's not wrong yes. with that. I could have. Yes, I, I could have. You know what? Hold on. This is not your time. This is right. my time. He's ready to <laughs> chop her I, down. I could have. I didn't think we were going to be the fourth seed again. I'll tell you that much. I didn't think we were going to be the fourth seed. I didn't think we were going to be higher than a fourth seed. But I 100% thought bare minimum would we be in the play-in. I thought bare minimum, if we fell, it would be to maybe the seventh seed, the eighth seed. We are so far out of playoff contention, we can't even spell playoffs. We're fighting each other on social media. We want Tibbs fired. They're trying to boot Julius Randle out of MSG. (laughs) It is chaos as a Knicks fan. And I don't like the switch of bait. One season, it was euphoria. And this season, it's nothing but pain and heartache. And I hate it here. This is the worst season. One of the worst seasons of my life. And I was a a Knicks fan back in 2014. So that says a lot. Okay? Just want to put that out there. Ash said, so far, the playoffs, they can't even spell playoffs. All they can spell is Cancun. And Mm. it's okay. Original. The Nets can spell that too. All right, that wraps up three on five. Let's hit up the certified hotline and bring in our guest, Bay Area hip hop legend E40. E40, man. First and foremost, thank you for stopping by and checking out the show. I was actually just out in Oakland uh, when the Nets played the Warriors that that weekend. That was the same week that Mr. Fab had his celebrity basketball game out there. So I went and checked that out. Just how you doing, man? How's everything been? I'm doing good, man. Thank you all for having me on here, man. Um, Everything is good. I I can't complain about anything. Yeah, man. You know, Christian, you didn't you didn't do the intro right. You're supposed to go, yay, area. Supposed to say it with more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. I'm from Brooklyn. That's not in my bag. I don't know that yay area stuff. Man, it, you got it. You got. Hey, you better get up on it. Wait, <laughs> wait a second. So am I, Christian? So what's your excuse? I don't know. It's, my excuse is it ain't in the script. No. You feel me? <laughs> but see, but see, we can we go. 
We're going to slide it in the script. Right. You know, the, the yay area is where the game originated at. Right. Period. Right. You, you know, I, I'll give you one. Yay area. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, we cool. I was waiting for that. All right, okay, we cool. there we go. All right, but, That's but, what I'm on, on, a, on a more serious note, though, you know, you you moved from what we all know you as a, as an artist to to an entrepreneur with, with mm-hmm. your food, with your wine, even your ice cream. Now, now I cook. You know what I'm saying? I went to your website and I seen these products you got. Number one, Goon with the Spoon. That's just quite the name. Can you can you talk about how Goon with the Spoon came about and what what types of different products you have? So Goon with the Spoon is really it's kind of like I would say um, street, but at the same time, it's brilliant. Mm. And it comes from a song man cousin Be Legit did. Be Legit was like I'm the Goon with the Spoon, some some such. You know what I'm saying? We talking about Goon with the Spoon for us. You understand me over the stove, mm-hmm, yeah. counterclockwise, whipping the ooh whipple whipple. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Facts. Like that. You feel me? <laughs> that's what that's what it was. And I was like, oh, this is a double up contract. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. This right. could mean two mm-hmm. things at once. <laughs> right. You feel me? And I have a chef background. Like I used to in the early in when we was teenagers, you know, we all worked at a, a restaurant in Benicia, California. Wow. Called the Commonhouse Restaurant. And it was a, a, a old house of like a Victorian house. But it was upscale. I feel like before Michelin Star, it could have been a Michelin Star restaurant okay. because it had like rich, hella rich people. You feel me? And they taught us how to make, you know, cook orange roughy with almonds and lemon butter caper sauce and mm. stuff like that. And, you know, London Broyo and escargot, you know what I'm mm. saying? And things of that matter. You know what I'm saying? Like chicken cordon blue, that kind of stuff. So I've been self-taught at the same time before that because I was the oldest of four. So I've been cooking for many moons it's ever since you understand me, Moby Dick was a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. So, but I'm, I'm looking at the products you got. It's a, it's a lot of sausage on here, my man. Like, number one, I don't think I ever had teriyaki pineapple chicken sausages in my life. I don't think I had Philly cheesesteak chicken sausages. Just, just what made you guys go, go the sausage route? I make what I like. Mm. I'm my biggest fan. Mm. You know what I'm got saying? You. And so, you know, I just love doing unique things. You know, if you notice anything about me, it's always been different than most. I, I, I rap unique. My voice is unique. I, I, my slang is unique. It's, I'm just different, period. I just wanted to give them something that I feel like a lot of people like, like chicken teriyaki, uh, pineapple. And it's good. You don't even need to eat it with a bun. You can just eat it with a, cut it up, you know, cook it, cut it up. It's already cooked. So all you got to do is just, you know, do the heating process, whether you want to grill it, whether you want to pan steer it, however you want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Put it in the oven, put it in your air fryer, whatever the case may be. You know, you chop that thing up, take a toothpick and just eat it like that. Mm-hmm. You don't need no sauce, no nothing. That's how good it is. And that's the same thing for the Philly chicken cheesesteak. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Along with the beef, the mild beef and the hot beef. Well, listen, right. you also make something that I like, and that is wine. OK, I love me a <laughs> glass of wine. What was the inspiration right. behind Earl Stevens selections? My mama, but she don't know it. Mm. <laughs> My mama would work three jobs and on the weekend, you know, she would come home and I was the oldest of four. My mom and daddy had, you know, divorced when I was eight years old. So I was like always staying up, you know, waiting for her to come home. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. So on a Friday, on the weekend, she'd pour her a, a glass of Carlo Rossi, like the burgundy, mm. the big, the big jugs. Remember those? Mm. Yeah. So she would always have that, you know, sitting on, on, on a little counter. And uh, so that's how she, you know, unwind. That's how she kicked it, like, uh, after working all week and shit. So that was her day off on a Friday, you know, com- coming from work. And uh, I used to, you know, you know, when she was at work, I sneak in her wine. I was the young mustache. 
I ain't trying to tell the kids to do this. To, I mean, not, not kids, but the teenagers to do this. But I was just, you know, back then, you know, when I was 16, 17, I was really a grown man. Mm. Like I wasn't, I, I was on some, like, I really felt like I was grown. I had obligations. I felt like I was, I was developed. I felt like I was mature. You understand me? We, our, our life was faster than the, you know, back then, you know, we had to grow up quick, mm. you know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. being the oldest of four. So, you know, I, I became, I liked the wine, you know, I just, I, I just liked it. So it was only right for me to do it. Me being from Vallejo, California, the 707 area code, you know, where they make the best wine in the world, you know, Napa, mm. you understand me? And, you know, also the best marijuana in the world, you know, I'm a mm-hmm. the 707 area code. You both know things saying? pair very nicely mm-hmm. together. <laughs> they both go together, you know what I'm saying? They pair very nice. And so, you know, it was only right for me to get into wine stuff. So I selling it online. And I came with this one mango scotto, mm. and I did that in 2014, and that's always been the top seller. It's 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 nothing like it. It is not nothing out there like it. It's 18 percent alcohol. It's 36 oh proof. The women love it. The men love it. Mm. It's just it's it. It's it because it, we're sneaky. It tastes hella good, right? <laughs> it tastes hella and good. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, and it hits you because you get to sniff it. I'm like. Man, this this got me good. <laughs> so, hey, the women, I'm going to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, excuse me if I say this, but the women say, a lot of the women say, I love that mango scotto because they love it because they say they say it go right to where they, you know, where they want it to go to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we, we, share some in com- we share something in common. You had your first glass, what, 16, 17, being half Italian. I may have had it a little bit younger than you, but it was there. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, nothing like a good glass of wine. And me and your mom share that in common, except I don't just save it for Fridays. It's more of like a Monday through Sunday type of thing. But yeah. In addition to your wine, you have a very vast liquor portfolio. I mean, there's tequila, there's cognac. I mean, what would you recommend for someone like me? I'm going to see if you can guess what my type of, my favorite type of alcohol is. Okay, well, somebody like you, it's kind of it's kind of hard to tell because to me, I think you drink wine, right? But I do, I do. Okay. Wine's there. And your, and your portfolio, like, which you would like probably, you like, do you like bubblies? So do you like a Prosecco? Do you like a dry wine? Do you like, uh, I think you, I think you would drink some tequila. I think yeah, you're a tequila. Listen, you hit it right on the head. Tequila is my go-to. Oh my I want to ask you, so many people are getting into the tequila game. What is it about that particular alcohol that we're starting to see so many different types of people from The Rock to LeBron to so many actors get into the tequila game specifically? Um, I don't know. I was before both of them. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I've been like selling that. my tequila since 2018, but I, I take my hat off to both of them. They're both doing well. And uh, I feel like tequila is one of the preferred drinks that they, you know, health wise, a lot of people say drink because of the agave and mm. you know what I'm saying? You know, that and wine is some of the best things to drink if you're going to drink. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, tequila is it. I mean, you know, people love to take shots. You know, mm-hmm. it's clear. You know what I'm saying? You can drink, you know, you got Ineo, you got Blanco, and you got Reposado. You know what I'm saying? You got extra Ineo, you know what I'm saying? So, and it goes on and on, you know. But um, I think that tequila and, you know, I also have Cognac. Yeah. Cognac, Tycoon Cognac. The, the proof is in the juice. Uh, you know, I call the it Tycoon because that's, 
Yeah, the proof mm-hmm. is in the juice. I call it Tycoon. I, it, don't, it don't say Earl Stevens E40 or nothing on there. I didn't want it to say mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It says Tycoon because many people love to Tycoon. They want to, you know, they feel like, you know, they they having their paper. They're feeling good about themselves. They feel like they some young tycoons. Mm-hmm. And I, the reason I say that because I'm, you know, back in 1995, 94, you know, on my Inner Major Way album, that's one of the things, my first song on the intro, I was like, what's happening, folks? It ain't nothing but me. Your tycoon talking playboy partner, E motherfucking Fenori. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I said that before any rapper ever. Mm. No one can debate that. So that's what I'm like. Let me call this shit tycoon. It's the best name you can call it when you do on some cognac. Mm-hmm. You know, so I got BS and I got BSOP. So I'll talk your ear off. Y'all can tell me when to stop. You know, nah, nah, man. <laughs> no. We we enjoy this. Not, we're not even done yet. There's one more layer of your entrepreneurship we have to discuss. Lethal, what is it? Yeah, like you know, we, we don't want you to feel like you're rushed either. Absolutely, but if you had to release an ice cream under Goon with the uh, spoon, we'll make it more different than Ben and Jerry's and other competing ice creams. Because you got the wine, you got the sausage. If you release the ice cream, what type of ice cream would it be, and what would make your ice cream better than all the other ice creams out? Well, first of all, I do have an ice cream that has just entered the turf. Okay. You feel Ooh. me? Just like, okay. like five days deep. It's just, it's just, it's right now still at the manufacturing plant okay. waiting for the distributor to come pick it up. Okay. And it's six different flavors. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Some of the flavors that I have in the future coming up is so unique that I don't know, even want to speak don't, on it. Don't speak. Just make sure you send it to us first. <laughs> I'll get it to y'all with the, I'll get it to y'all with the hurry up. And it's delicious. When I tell you, you know, I, I tripped out because, you know, on Instagram, you know, us as uh, entrepreneurs right. and moguls and whatnot, and just overall, any of us, we read comments, right. you know. So I just don't like how they stereotype. Some people will stereotype a brother like me. Right. They don't know how mm. intelligent I am just right. because I'm really comedy, but I'm really street at the same time. So mm. it's a mixture. I got that balance. That's mm. how I am. And I like to be like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm normal and human just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're too hard, you know, it's like, who want to be around somebody that's act too hard, like mean mugging their way right. going, just like, <laughs> knowing, he, you know what I'm saying, knowing he got a soft spot, you feel me, somewhere, you feel me? Right. So anyway, to make a long story short, and a short story long, I just hate how people get on, you know, get on the ground and just, uh, you, all he, all you doing is slapping your name on something. Mm. No, dummy, I'm start to finish R&D, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying, research and develop, mm-hmm. you feel me? From one ideal to making it real, mm-hmm. you feel me? That's me. From start to finish, I'm the entrepreneur. I'm not, I ain't nobody put me on. Mm-hmm. I put myself on. And once you on, you're supposed to stay on like a birthmark. Exactly. Exactly. You see what I'm Hashtag saying? Hashtag bars. Right. Bars after bars after bars. I Come feel on. you. Respect. Come on. It's real, for real. And it's like, I can't understand that. It's like, you you know, just because I'm a brother and I'm a rapper, mm-hmm. you just think that I'm not smart. I'm very brilliant. I didn't get that. I've been in this game since 1988, mm. still on top, going mm-hmm. straight. No, You know what I'm saying? Non-stop, all gas, no brake pads. And no one gave me an alley-oop or gave me a, you know, a jug or, mm-hmm. you know, a jump. They didn't give me a jump because if they gave me a jump, you know what I'm saying? I was going to keep the car running because mm-hmm. when somebody gave you a jump, it's Facts. up to you to keep the car running. Mm-hmm. I, gave oh, many people, right. I gave many people jumps. And they didn't keep the car running. I, I hope everyone's listening and taking notes. He's, a ju- he's not talking that, about that cars, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm yeah. not talking about cars. Facts, facts. Right. There's game involved. Right. You know, that's right. Involved, free you know? games. Classes in session, y'all. Classes in session. That's what people come free. to certify buckets for. And they also come to us to talk a little bit of hoops. So let's mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit of hoops. Obviously, you're not just an entrepreneur, you're a big Warriors fan as well. And, and the Warriors moved from, from Oracle to Chase in, in the last few years. I'm just wondering, A, what you think of the vibe of the Chase Center and what the differences are between the two different arenas. Well, the difference is the Oracle, you know, you have more of the uh, Oakland natives that was there, mm-hmm. the Oracle Arena, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and it was closer to pretty much everybody. Frisco, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a further, even though it's like 15, 20 minutes from, uh, from Oakland, you know, you just go over the bridge and you're pretty much there, you know. But at the same time, it's like, for me, it's a longer route than a lot of other people. But at the same time, you know, um, I can't be mad at the uh, the Chase Center. It's, it's I mean, it's, it's state of the art. Um, it's going to take some time for you know the uh, the 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 natives, you know the the the, the core uh, Warriors fans to you know start getting in there. Like it's a lot of traffic in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So your the, the, you know your transportation route. You can take you know you could go by boat. You can go by you know, BART, you can go by Uber, right. you know, ride share, whatever, however you're doing it, you know what I'm saying? Slowly but surely, it's starting to be more uh, uh, urban, slowly but surely, it's starting to be a little more urban, like it was in the Oracle, you mm. feel me? Uh, and if, I'm going to be honest with you, um, Levi Stadium was like that for a minute, it was just like, really watered down, mm. you know? Yeah. And then all the true fans start really, you know, not saying it's, the, you know, the watered down fans wasn't it, but it was like the core audience the the super ah, yeah let's go ready to fight type of fans they start coming yeah. they start now and that's how it's coming with Oakland you know we had a couple of years worth of losing because of injuries mm. so now it's, it's slowly but surely it's there and uh, I just think we got it we we're gonna take the finals I think we're going to the finals I think we're gonna win it all and if it wasn't for injuries we would have like you know at least five rings by now mm. yeah. well let me let me have, actually ask you about that I'm gonna be sitting down with Draymond in about three hours from now Whoa. I'm gonna okay, ask him this, I'm gonna ask him this very question but okay, I'm gonna ask Ash. you first okay so here we go a lot of people say that the championship window for the Warriors, given the fact that your big three of Draymond, Clay, and Steph have had injuries and had to deal with a lot of adversity, and, you know, they're not as young as they once were. A lot of people want to say that the championship window of the Golden State Warriors, because of how competitive the West has become, is closed. What is your response to that? Our bench is phenomenal. Mm. Our bench. They some bad boys. They some bad boys. All of them. Mm. They go crazy, and they all... When you play with great people like Steph and Draymond and Clay, you know, and so on and so forth, you know, it's like it make you step your game up. Right. That's why the bench is so dope. Right. You mm. know, that's and they, that's gonna give them a lot of time to rest when they need to rest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, so if they need to sit on the bench for about five, six minutes or a quarter, you know, half a quarter, they can do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're not buying all that championship window is closed talk. It's, it's still been, very wide open for this Golden State Warriors squad. They've been said, said that and we seasoned and we just got what it takes. You know, if it wasn't for, you know, the injuries, you know, like I said, Steph was out for a long time. Draymond was out for a long time. We wouldn't have lost the little games that we lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and we still, we still, you know, made it in and, and we all the way in. So we, we good. We've been showing improving lately and, Clay is getting back into the old Clay, mm-hmm. you know. You know, you got to realize Clay been playing ball since he was six years old. Right. You know, to be out for two years, I mean, mentally and physically, that's a trip. Right. Like, you know, you got to be strong-minded, and he is. 
And so, you know, how do you how do you get back to where you was at? You keep on shooting. Mm-hmm. You keep practicing. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, oh, you locked in. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Now he locked in. You know, I, I got big respect for Clay. I can adore that man, the way he's getting down. You know, uh, the whole team overall is just incredible. Well, given the adversity that the team has faced in since 2019, 2020, since that season, a lot of injuries, just a lot of adversity, absences, things like that. If the Warriors win another title, would it be the most special title yet, considering what it took for them to get back to that point? Mm. I think so. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think so because we get, we come back, we're coming back from injuries and whatnot. And then, you know, and now, and then, you know, so many doubters, mm-hmm. you know, you got to realize for a long time before, like I just said, before Steph got hurt and, and Draymond, we had the best record in basketball mm-hmm. just recently. You feel Absolutely. me? Absolutely. And we still locked yeah. in. Mm-hmm. You know? Think about that. So we just got to stay healthy. That's the main thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We just got to stay healthy. Who would you, uh, yeah. who would you consider the best shooter of all time? And I, I and, and mm. I, you know who I think it is team, but I want to hear from you. Who do you think the best shooter of all time is? Like everybody that from since the NBA started. More specifically, where does Steph rank on that? Yeah, list? yeah let's do it. I like that. Ash. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks for the alley. So, <laughs> I need it. I'm gonna I'm 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 shine a light on myself for a minute. Okay. <laughs> oh, you a shooter? Let me let me no, find uh, out you a shooter. You can shoot. Lethal, you got some competition now. <laughs> I shoot game. I shoot game. <laughs> So, look, so check it out. What I'm saying is this. People don't, they can't help it. They don't, they, you know, they when they introduce me, and not just, I ain't talking about you, I'm talking about overall. They right. say, Bay Area hip-hop legend. Mm. No, I'm a hip-hop legend overall. Absolutely. Mm. As much as I brought to hip-hop, it's, it's in, people have no idea. You know what I'm saying? Only, the, only those who follow me know because I'm before the internet. Right. You feel me? I go back to 1988. Right. Music on the shelf. Non-stop, all gas, no brake pass. So therefore... I feel like Steph is beyond a sh- the greatest shooter. I right. feel like he the GOAT, period. Right. That's how oh, I feel. Right. Just because he don't have the height right. doesn't mean that man play defense, offense, he do it all. He goes he goes in the hole. He don't just shoot from far distance. Right. He go, he he'll go up against the tallest man in, in, in the in the NBA. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Oh so that's he my goat. Now whoever else, oh. that's the, you know, now Christian, oh. relax. I, I, agree, I, agree. I, I, I need to know what the name of that cognac was now, because it seemed like it's working. <laughs> no, Chris, I agree. Hey, hey, I agree with him. Steph to me, I agree with you, brother. Steph is the best shooter of all time because he's not just a shooter. He can go left, shoot, go right, shoot, step back, left, step back, right, side, step left, side, step right, and uh, which I know as well, when somebody get up in his shit, he he can get them off of him. So he has handled like Kyrie to get the shot off. I feel like all the shooters who are elite, all due respect to them, they were great shooters, but they couldn't really get their shot off the way Steph can get their shot off in NBA history. And I think Steph has a huge gap in between as far as a shooter. You know what I mean? As far as a shooter, yeah. I don't, it's going to be hard to get another person to be able to dribble like Kyrie and shoot like Ray Allen, Klay Thompson, all in one person. You know what I mean? I, I got Chef him up Curry in the with top. the pop, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I got him as being like I got him to be up there with 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 Kareem and and yeah. and, and, and Jordan and uh and and Kobe and and, yeah. and uh and and LeBron. Yeah. Like he 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 they gotta put they gotta put you know just beyond shoot just over, basketball player great exactly yeah, nah, yeah. right you know, right in real listen, life. Listen, I watched Steph come through the Barclays not too long ago and tear the nets up. So yeah. so I got it. But you know <laughs> they sp- was clapping for him. 
Did you? Did, they the were Nets MVP was, chance and all they that. Was it was bad, bad, man. <laughs> it was that was that was that was a, a down point of the season. <laughs> that was really bad. But since, since we talking hoopers, we talking rappers. I, I'm wondering who you might know or where you might rank certain hooper rappers. You know, what I'm saying? Mm. do you know any any rappers that are really nice at ball or any ballers that are nice at rap? Do you, do you have any 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 of those guys on my uh, basketball? I always see the boy. Quavo, he be mm. hooper. He, he be, okay. For, you know, Quavo's for on that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Master P, I know back in the day, you know, he's older now, but, yeah. you know, back in the days he used to hoop. I think he played in the NBA for a minute. Yeah, he did break the barrier. He broke the barrier. He's not yeah. really a rapper, but C. Breezy is nice. Yeah. Yeah, Chris, but Chris can do anything. He's athletic. He does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that man is crazy. That boy is incredible. You know? But yeah. uh, I feel like... um. Uh, uh, Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. You know he had bars back in the day. He, he still got bars. He got bars. He got plenty of Shaquille know. used to be on the same. I had a distribution deal with Jive Records. Me and him was on the same label. Huh? He was on Jive Records. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Along with Will Smith and uh and 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 uh and uh Too Short. Wow. Uh, uh Tribe Called Quest. You know many more. Spice One, Karis One. We was all on Jive Records. Wow. But he, wow. He got, yeah, he got platinum records. Another guy, um, you know, uh, Lillard, you know. Dame oh, yeah, he be going in. He be going in. Dame Dollars, for sure. Yeah, hey, Ash, what's the dude from Charlotte? He be kind of going in right Miles now. Miles Bridges. Bridges. Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Yeah. He be going Miles in. Bridges has bars. He be going in. Hey, nice. Hey, Charlotte. Damon got, but see, Dame, Lillard got that game. No, he got that Bay Area yeah. game. You know, with it. <laughs> Bay Area. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just something about, Dame doesn't have a mean bone in his body, man. I can't, I, I, some of the rap that I listen to, I need I needed to be a little mean, you feel me? <laughs> he, he just gamed up. He just, he, he ain't, he ain't rah rah this all rah rah. Right, right, right. He, he, right, he, he, he right. wouldn't hurt a fly. He from a mean background. Right. You know, gotcha. far, you know, trust that he locked in because, right. you know, the the person the person who made his daddy is uh solid. Right. You know, one yeah. of the one of the very very known people from the Bay Area. Right. You know, yeah. especially the town. Right. You know well, the apple definitely does not fall far from the tree because Dame is a real one. Right. And no one can say otherwise. That's Fact. factual facts. Right. Yeah. yeah. Listen, before we let you go though, there's a lot of talent that comes out of the Yay area. There and I gotta go. ask you. Top five Bay Area artists of all time, not including yourself, because we know you're number one. So taking yourself out of the equation, give me your top five. Mm. 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 That's the hot seat. Uh, I would hot say, seat. I would say, I would say, too short. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I would say, be legit. Yeah. Mm. I would say, Mac Dre. That's a yeah. Oh, so there's so many, there's so many. So I would put two. It was Tupac because Tupac from the Bay. I ain't know okay. that. I want to leave him I out. I know that. Me neither. Learn something new. You want to leave that out? No, I didn't know. No, no, this your mom. He's from the Bay. He's from if the you, Bay. If you claim him, you claim him. Let's uh, get it. Maybe I will say Spice One. Um, I will say Richie Rich. Okay. Um, there's so many, dude. We I got, wanna, we got I five, and we got a couple Hammer. honorable mentions in there, yeah, too. I like mentions. it. Those are honorable mentions. Because I got to say, I got to say MC Hammer. Oh, you know, oh what? Of course. He from the because base? Hammer, what he accomplished, he his accomplishments was beyond ours. You know what I'm right, saying? Like, right. his accomplishments, man, you know, uh, and I look up to Big Bro, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I got nothing but love and respect for him. So it's so it's many of us, but you know. But of course, we're sitting with the goat, right? Of course. You know, you know, you know. I'm the, you know, you know what I am. Yeah. You know, right. You know Number one. I'm not gonna lie to y'all you though. Know. That that too short one, the ghetto song. I, between us, I, every day I listen to it because it, it talked to me because what he's saying in that song relates to how I had to grow up in D.C. How he's saying, you know, 
in the communities. They build arenas. They don't be having uh, money for the ghettos and how the ghetto be right down the street from certain, uh, you know, places that basically the money isn't getting used the right way. And that song that Too Short did, man, it's a powerful song, man. That song just... Yeah. It's a powerful song to this day. You know, like what the box is saying. To this day. Shout out to Deontay Wilder, man. E-40, thank you so much for stopping by. Mr. Goon with the Spoon. Make sure we check out his products. Hey, we gonna need some of them wine bottles. We gonna need... We ain't even get to the Turf Burrito. I seen that was sold out on the website, so I know it's busting. We got it. We, we need to touch all that, man. Appreciate you for oh, stopping by. I got to say one more person honorable mention. Oh, Mr. Fab. Because Mr. Fab is one of my... He my best... He Now, he got gas. He spit. But at the same time, I ain't never seen nobody... His memory is incredible. I've never seen anybody freestyle like him. Wow. Because when he freestyle, he don't just be putting words and splurs and words that fit don't, don't that don't fit in the rhyme. He really is real game involved. It's real, mm. it's gas. Like every bar is something he, he really saying something. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I just wanted to say that. I wanted to put that in there. I want to get cussed out by nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Those top oh, five man. lists be getting people in trouble. Oh. <laughs> I'm impossible. sure there's many more I'm missing too. So your phone gonna go off sometime soon. Somebody gonna be mad, man. It's okay. We, <laughs> it's love. They know what it is. That's they know fact. how it get. Hey, and we and we be switching shit up later. You know, we switch it up. Like we'll talk about. I might have a top ten right now. Then go back later and say, you know, two, six, like five, six months from now, maybe a year. Be like, I got a new top ten. Right. You know, or right. whatever. Yeah. You know. So that's a fact. Appreciate you fact. for stopping by E40. Thank you so much. Stay true to you. We appreciate you for having for stopping by. Thank you so much. Thank brother. y'all for having me. Much love. I got to get y'all some of the products. Hello. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nah. We need Especially that. Especially that wine that well, all the ladies like. That one's for I, me. I'm gonna get you some, buddy. I'm gonna get you some. <laughs> Whichever bottle got you thinking Steph is the goat. That's what I need. <laughs> Jeez. Man, that was legendary, man. The legend E40, man. Yo. That was crazy. I'm it, it was it, that's just that's just certified buckets now, man. What's that? We had Rick Ross, we had currency, we had E we got E40 in the house. Tell me when to go. You know what I'm tell me when to go. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I should have dropped, I should have said that. You don't even know Yay area. How right. are you gonna drop bars? Right. You can, and the thing like, is, yo, listen, you gotta listen, realize listen, he was listen. feeling listen. ass when she understood what to say. He was he wasn't Yay feeling area. your vibes. You was acting like you didn't want to uh, say it, Chris. Uh, I did it anyway for for the betterment I put of the you show. On game, right. Christian. Now you know what yeah, yeah area is. Right. You're welcome. Yeah, I, don't, I don't need to know. I'm good. I'm chilling. <laughs> but you guys know what it is. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. And you know what they say. When the going gets tough, the tough gets buckets. That's right. Ooh. It's the certified. Hey, now, hey, Josh, if we can get some more like Let's that, go, that Josh. was way better. Josh coming That's out of season four of the swinging. Week. You that love to good. see it. That was way better. <laughs> Verified with our stamp of approval. But I'm going to give my uh-huh. certified bucket of the week to uh, Don Staley. Um, I feel like what she's doing right now is is a lot of people aren't speaking about it enough, and and she's somebody that I'm looking up to right now as far as a coach. I'm looking at how she her swag is. I'm looking at how she's co- how she coaches. And the one thing I love about her coaching, I told you guys, I do love an upbeat coach, but she never seems like the pressure gets to her when her team goes down a 14-2 run or a 16-0 run, she's always sitting down and understanding that she she did a good job in practice. And and the one thing I respect about her the most, she she congratulated her bench the other day when they won the championship. She didn't congratulate the stars. And to win a championship like you guys already know, 
your bench has to be engaged as well. Your bench has to not look like they're moping around. Your bench has to help the superstars mm-hmm. when it's timeouts. Your bench is the reason why you win championships. So I just want to say keep up the great work. And, um, I, you know, you're, you're definitely one of my heroes right now. So continue to break barriers. Wow. Love that. Yeah. Shout out to the girls. Yeah. I got to go ahead and, and give mine to my UNC Tar Heels. Okay. Mm. Listen, the championship Mm. didn't go the way we wanted it to go, right? right? right. It was it was tough. But man, if y'all didn't know about the Tar Heels and the type of squad that they have, you know now. And if there's one thing we can go ahead and take away from the season, we sent Duke home and we ruined Coach K's storybook (laughs) ending. And as a Tar Heels fan, that is the championship in itself. <laughs> but no, seriously, shout mm. out to RJ Davis. Shout out to Caleb Love. Shout out to Brady Manick. Right. Shout out to head coach Hubert Davis. Mm. Listen, mm-hmm. taking over for the legendary Roy Williams is no easy no. task. If you didn't know about Coach Davis, you certainly know about him now. Right. I mean, the poise, Black the man. intelligence. Right. right. The poise, the intelligence, just the way that he took this eighth seed all the way to the very right. end. It is a squad, and the Tar Heels are officially back. Right. We will be back next season. Don't you worry. We're getting the chip, and it's going to be happening next season. But, yeah, what a game. What a season. Right. And we knocked out Duke. You know, there's there's a silver AC lining in, in too, all man. these things. AC, yeah, an yeah, AC. Yeah. And listen, an AC took the number one Kansas Jayhawks down to the wire. very yeah. wire. Yeah. All right. It wasn't yeah. a cakewalk. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, you know, an, an easy win at all. Mm-hmm. We took them to the wire and it, it didn't go the way we wanted to, but it was close. Right. It was close. That was it, and I just keep thinking back to the post-game interview for for coach at the end of that where he just talked about, you know, how he was still proud of his guys, mm. even though even though they lost, and then was talking about, hey, you know, Kansas was just a little bit better than us. And those little mistakes were it was just a classy answer, you know, for a really tough question. Um, so just more more respect to that. And my certified bucket of of just this episode uh is gonna be Paul George, who had that elbow injury, which is so tough, I imagine, as a shooter to come back from. And to, in his first game, have 34, made half his shots, six and nine from downtown. When you look at the 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 Clippers, the season that they've had and the resilience they've showed as a team, the moves they made, and then to bring Paul George back into the fold at this point in time, that's tough. And now you see Kawhi Leonard starting to work out a little bit more. That's another. If the Clippers make a little bit of a surprising deep playoff run and you bring Kawhi back into the fold, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Nah, That'd be tough. Scary, but that bro. starts with Paul right. George. And Paul George is showing us, hey, he, he ain't too far off. I know people people like to think about Paul George as a guy who folded during that playoff series. But listen, he's also one of the most talented players that you'll have, you'll have the pleasure to watch in this game. And when he's locked in, like you like to yeah. say, Lethal, that man gets buckets. So I'm glad he's back. The game of basketball is, is always better when Paul George is on the floor. And, uh, I'm and looking I think forward it's to very impressive has. what Ty Lue and the Clippers have done in the absence of their two superstars to just stay yeah. in playoff you contention preaching. in any capacity, yeah. mm-hmm. especially when you're missing not one, but two superstar mm-hmm. players and you don't really have a third option. Extremely impressive. I know Lakers fans are looking at them all mm. types of sideways. Like mm. they don't even have Facts. their superstars. Mm. What's our excuse? Mm-hmm. But yeah, listen. Facts. Paul George being back is going to be huge for the Clippers. But if they can get Kawhi, I mean oh, that might rum- that might you know hey. rumble some things mm-hmm. in the Western Conference. It's definitely going to be interesting. I wouldn't want to have to face them in a play-in situation if Absolutely. that's the case, because anything is possible. But speaking of tough and speaking of good chemistry. 
We have it. We just wrapped this episode right. of Certified Buckets, our first episode back after the break. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, mean, I, was I was missing easy. y'all. I was missing y'all, man. Um, I was too, yeah. man. I was over there re- reacting to all the Lethal's IG yeah. posts. Texting the group chat, nobody answering. I mean, you be, uh, uh, we I love felt... you, bro, but you be kind of crazy in the group chat. I mean, it be six in the morning, bro. You be, <laughs> is anybody else going to tell him about this or it got to be me? The I basketball mean... don't stop. Christian going to take, I saw this all the time. Right, right. I saw this all the time. Uh, we like, ain't even do on the time. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like right. Christian, we, we we all pretty much have the same time. Right, right. I, I saw that too. Oh like, I, I got to play drop it in. Oh I gotta, they told me God. to take control over over on the timeline. On so the I'm about time. to be. I saw this on the timeline. Listen. I saw that on the timeline too. <laughs> you feel me? But you guys are going to see this podcast on the timeline. So do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. Shoot your shot on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show. But until then, and until next week, we are out. Peace. Peace. Let's go! (laughs) Certified Buckets to the moon! Let's go! Excuse him, guys. We're sorry. (laughs) 